I love Josh. Who loves Pastor Josh? What a legend. What a legend. I'm so glad to be here this morning. And uh, as Josh said, my name is Seth. We used to be Paradise when I first started. We then moved to Influences and now we're Futures. So I think we're set for the next little while. I think we have a not name change. <laughs> and um, glad to be joining you. Pastor Josh and Shana send their regards. They were here in January. Love their time. In fact, I was talking to their boy on Friday night at Youth, little Jackson, and I said, I'm going to Port Lincoln tomorrow. And he said, oh, to One Heart Church. I said, yeah, that's where I'm going. He said, oh, that's a great church. I loved it there. I've been there. So he, he remembers. He remembers. His little 13-year-old boy, his time here in January. So um, glad to be here with you guys today. Honored. Love Pastor Rob and Pauline. You've got incredible senior pastors. Feel super honored to be able to get invited over to come and speak. And yeah, we just honor you both and for the legacy that you've built here in this region, but also in our state and the reputation that the investment that you've made. Um, the kingdom of God is better in South Australia because of you two. And we, we honor and bless you both. Heaps for that. And um, to give you one insight into the world of Seth is uh, I thought I'd share my work history with you so you understand um, my background coming onto stage today Today is uh, my first ever job was at McDonald's so that I was uh, a fries boy so if you have anyone side at McDonald's we got no no McDonald's workers here right no connection there so I worked, at, I worked at McDonald's for a number of years then I made the biggest career move of my life and I moved to KFC is, is people, who's a KFC lover? KFC, amazing. And then I somehow ended up at church. So this is my, I've worked, my bosses have been a clown, the colonel, and now the Christ. Who knows that? God's good, right? There's a good upgrade there. So, um, let's pray and then let's get into it. Eh? Dear God, we just thank you that your presence is here. God, we sense you in our midst this morning. And we're just aware of your Holy Spirit moving in hearts and lives and we just posture ourselves to to fix our thoughts not on the things of the week that's been or the weeks to come but on you we open our hearts to hear and our ears are inclined to your voice God and I pray speak through me today Lord God to your people and that we would leave here encouraged and full of faith for the week ahead in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen amen uh, has anyone familiar with the term AI artificial intelligence right um, really, it's a computer system that's to do with uh, complex uh, information that they put together to predict things for the future. And recently, there's been a tool that's been created out of AI called ChatGPT. Has anyone heard that? A few people, right? Um, I'm used to asking questions to keep youth engaged, so I'm sorry if I keep doing that. <laughs> ADHD kids, you got to keep them up and down and around, you know, to keep them going. So, <laughs> um, uh, Chat GPT, which is, I don't think the world's ever seen what Chat GPT can do, right? It's not just a Google where you can find out almost answers to anything that you put in there. Chat GPT is a conversation with a a fake online person, right? Which is just all this information database that you can ask any question to and it'll give you the answer. But you can also ask it to do any task for you virtually, right? That's possible to do online. And it will do that task for you. So now instead of doing university assignments, you can just say, I need a 5,000 word essay on this topic and it for to include these five things, done. It'll, it, within seconds, there'll be a $5,000, 5,000 word, not dollar, 5,000 word assignment written out for you with everything that you've asked it to do. It's crazy, plagiarism, right? 
which is where the universities are now concerned to try and work out how to combat that so students won't do it, right? It's, it's crazy. You could say, write me a sermon on anything, right? And it will write a sermon on anything, right? You can say, write me a song using a certain key with a certain theme and I want it to include these words and it will do it for you in seconds. It's crazy what it can do for you, right? It's kind of freaky, to be honest, you know? Um, we're going to become dumber because we keep using things like this to tell you. Um, but what, I, what, what it reminded me of as youth kids and people and I, I gave it a go to see what it was all about, right, is um, I was thinking about as a kid about remembering things uh, that used to watch on movies and TV shows about superheroes and to do things that weren't humanly possible in your own power or your own strength or your own time or your own resource to be able to do things. And for me, I was a Spider-Man boy, right? I loved Spider-Man. So I would, I would watch all the Spider-Man movies and imagine what it would be like to spring my webs across all the sitting buildings and fly across the state, right, uh, in the city. Um, not sure if we have any Marvel or DC fans, right, here or yes, there's a few people. But to imagine all the superpowers that you could have, right? Imagine, I think I would love to have the, the, um, the superpower of teleportation. Oh, imagine just being able to say, I'm in Adelaide right now and then I'm back in Port Lincoln, right? That would save you a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of stress, right? Things that you could do, better read people's mind. That would kind of be scary, but kind of be cool, right? To be able to fly, camouflage, invisibility, super strength, all this stuff, right? But... AI mixed in with me me remembering my childhood, I began to think about what would a life be like that's lived beyond what's humanly possible. If I could live and approach every day beyond just not what Seth could do, Seth could think of by his own strength or his own knowledge, what would that life look like? And imagine if that was possible. And this is my base text from today is 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 that I want to encourage in and I pray it blesses you, speaks to you and that you walk out of here encouraged. It says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. I don't know about you, but if you've been around churches and Christians for a while, they love to talk. We love to talk. We love to have opinions and conversations on a lot of things, right? But that's not just what the kingdom of God is all about. We love talking, but it is, the scripture says, living by God's power, living by God's power. It's not just churching with God's power, Sundaying in God's power, once a week, tapping into now and again. It is every day living by God's power. It's important that we recognize when we're talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not just a physical location or space. The kingdom can be referred to or thought of as the king's domain. Therefore, wherever God is positioned as king, he has the ability to rule over and therefore the kingdom of God is there. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over our hearts and our lives of those who are willing to submit to his authority And we then allow the kingdom of God to be governed in that particular situation or circumstance. Therefore, it's encouraging that wherever you go and you position God as king, there the kingdom of God is. And the kingdom of God is no ordinary kingdom. 
It's a supernatural kingdom that's categorized by God's power. Now, if you've been in church or maybe you're new to church, we can kind of get uh, comfortable with some thoughts about who God is and his nature and his character. And so we hear about God's powerful and we can maybe think about, oh yes, a semi-truck down the road, that's a powerful truck that if I stood in front of it, I wouldn't want to stay there for too long, right? We can get, we can think of the power like the PM had power during COVID, right? You can think and relate it to things on earth, right? But we need to be reminded today of the true power that God has. So let's just, let's remind ourselves of that because the power of God is omnipotent, is his character, which means he's all powerful. In Matthew 28, verse 18, it said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jeremiah 32, verse 17, warning, I've got some scripture today. It says, O Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So, so let's do some astronomy to try and understand what this is. All right, I've got a picture of a, of a sun, right? That's, that's the sun. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it, right? Josh and I took it last night. No, <laughs> no we didn't, right? And that's, that's pretty, pretty cool, right? But, but that sun is, can reach up to 15 million degrees Celsius. Or it's kind of core temperatures around five to 6,000 degrees Celsius. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes on like 40 something degree days, right? I'm like, that's hot. I can't cope with much more. But to kind of give you understanding, that's it's a bit more hot than that, hot that I experienced, right? That sun is... 93 million miles away which in kilometers is 152 million kilometers like one kilometer two kilometers 10 kilometers 152 million kilometers away is that thing in the sky we see the sun is a million times the size of earth so let's let's do Let's imagine this, right? I've got a golf ball. This is earth. If you can imagine yourself on earth, find yourself, right? In your street, your suburb, where you live, and then get a bit of a wider lens to where you are here on earth, right? If this was the size of earth and the sun was put next to it, the sun would be four and a half meters in diameter compared to that size ball. Nine hundred and sixty thousand Earths f- fit into the sun, and the sun is just one of billions of stars in the sky. This is the crazy thing. How did that happen? Genesis one verse sixteen: God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. So this thing that we're trying to wrap our minds around, (laughs) he made it. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty proud of myself when I make a good coffee. (laughs) When I keep on top of my washing, you know, when the house is clean, (laughs) right? (laughs) But he made the sun. (laughs) He made it. That reminds us that, you know, we, we serve a big God. 
We serve a powerful God that has supernatural power. Therefore, when it comes to his kingdom, nothing is impossible for him. We aren't restricted by any resource, time. Nothing in the natural realm can hold us back compared to the power that's available to us through Christ Jesus. Therefore, we can say that there's never a power supply shortage on God's end in our life. But my question to us today is, do we live our lives in such a way? Do we live a life that recognizes, is aware of, and is marked by living by God's power? Not just once a week, but an everyday life that's lived with a mark of God's power on it. In every situation you walk into and circumstance, when you walk into your home, in your family, and in your health, in your finances, that there's a mark of God's power on it. Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 20 says, I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him in the place of God's right hand in the heavenly realms. If you would understand the great power that's for us, The power's purpose is that it would be outworked in us to experience in our lives. So that Romans 6 verse 10 to 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. The same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives inside you and I and is supposed to be the mark of our Christian life, that we have access to a power that's bigger than us, that we're supposed to see work in and through situations and circumstances, that we would truly be testimonies of the kingdom of God being marked by power and not just a lot of talk. And I believe that in this season, as we see God do, a, do something new around the world, I really believe this, and I, I don't say this trying to be flippant, but I really believe that this is a season that God is calling us as individuals in the faith to reclaim the power of God that we have access to in our walk. People are looking around the world for evidence that God is real. And when we are marked by the power of God in our lives, it gives people a testimony. It gives people the evidence that God's power is real, active and alive in Christian believers' life. And as followers of Jesus, we need to pursue reclaiming and walking in the power of God in our lives so that we can be witnesses for Jesus and we can have the evidence of, uh, for us to encourage us and to lift our spirits. I remember... When I was a young kid, we, we used to have a caravan as a family and used to go caravanning to different places and it was awesome fun. And one particular massive trip that we did as a family is we went to Darwin and back in a caravan from Adelaide and spent a few weeks away. And it was, it was awesome fun. But one particular part of the journey, my parents, uh, my dad filled up petrol in the, in the, the, the car, which was towing the, the caravan behind it. And um, something must have gone wrong where it didn't actually... He thought he filled it up, but it wasn't. It was only, you know, about uh, two-thirds full. 
and uh, there wasn't a petrol station for hundreds of kilometers later. But he only realized that it didn't fill up, you know, until we're well and truly on the road going to the next uh, town. And on the way from our trip, we were coming back to Adelaide at that point. And I remember as a kid that that petrol light went on, right? And we were in the middle of nowhere in the Northern Territory going back to Adelaide. There was, there was no civil life around us, right? Let alone a petrol station. And we had no hope for how, if we run out of petrol, we're stuffed. There is no hope for us. But my parents, I remember, thought, no, we're going to pray. And whilst we have no petrol in the car, right? And it was an honest mistake. It was, they, uh, so we're going we're gonna to pray and believe. And we drove, we prayed, asked God, and we drove f- for about almost 100 kilometers with no petrol, towing a caravan on the back. So it's like heavy weight, you know, for that car. And five of us people in the car, plus with all our luggage, and somehow made it to the next town to get petrol, right? Now, I'm not trying to encourage you to drive around Port Lincoln on empty, empty cars and just say, power of God, fill my tank up today, right? Because that would make life a bit cheaper, wouldn't it? You know, you wouldn't have to pay petrol, right? But the truth is we have an unfair advantage with the power of God on our side that when we have a need or we have a situation and circumstance we walk into that we don't know the answer to, we can call on the power of God to operate in our lives and we can see the evidence as God works miracles all around us. But I want to I want to just encourage us and remind us that sometimes we don't walk in that because we, we feel sometimes that there's a power struggle. There's a power struggle in certain areas of our lives and I want to be able to do what Romans 12 verse 2 says, is look at some areas that we might feel like there's a power struggle in and renew our mind and our thinking according to what Scripture says about that to understand the power of God over certain situations and circumstances we face. I remember as a McDonald's manager, there was a Saturday morning where I... Uh, it's normally really, really busy at this suburban store at McDonald's and we have full drive-through, full counter, full uh, McCafe. But this Saturday morning, it wasn't busy and I was trying to work out what's going wrong. We've got all this staff on, it's not busy. So I decided to walk around the building, do a walk around the building and I find that the maintenance guy has decided that Saturday morning is the perfect time to clear out the gutters around the car park and to block off the main entrance to the store. So I'm trying to hold back my anger be a calm, collected manager. I said, buddy, move the cones. Get this, drive, get this entrance open because we need customers. He disagreed with my decision, but he did it. And I met him at the back of the store and just had a conversation to try to give him understanding around why I made that decision. Well, before I could even speak, for about 10 minutes, he unleashed on me saying, who do you think you are? You're a terrible manager. You have no idea what you're doing. I could manage better than you. And just rips into me. And I just let it go because little did he realize that over my shoulder was a security camera that was capturing everything he was saying on footage, right? Let's say that the owner had a bit of a conversation with that guy not long afterwards, right? And he didn't last very long. But in that moment, there was almost could seem like a bit of a power struggle, right? 
but we need to understand the power that I had in my role and understand the, the power that God has and has his role in our lives and reclaim that over our situations and circumstances we faith to be marked by God's power. As Ephesians 3 verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So what are some things that we need to be reminded about the power of God over? Is that we have the power over temptation. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm driving home late at night and you see the golden arches light up, it's like this pool, which is, oh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, <laughs> cheeseburger, right? <laughs> the power of McDonald's just comes upon you and it's just, it's, you've got to pull against it. In James 1 verse 13 to 14, it says that God never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. They are meant to derail us from God's plan and purpose. The devil is actually known as the tempter. And so we need to recognize that in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way to escape. That's encouraging. That you may be able to endure it. So God will, will allow temptation that doesn't come from him, but not beyond what you can handle. Therefore, with the power of the living God inside of us, you don't actually have to lie down and give up and say, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, oh yes, cheeseburger. You can actually say, no, I can resist that, have self-control, work on areas of your life to let the Spirit of God give you the strength to actually say no to things that are dragging you away from your proximity to God and your life with Him and your faith in Him and your hope in Him. The Lord's Prayer doesn't say deliver us from temptation. No, sorry, it does say deliver us from temptation and don't lead us into evil. It doesn't say don't lead us into temptation. No, I've rested that whole up, haven't I? I've... It doesn't say deliver us from temptation. He doesn't actually, God's plan is not to deliver us from temptation. It's to deliver us from evil, but to not lead us into So he'll allow it. He won't be deliver you from it, but he's going to, God, help me not to walk into that, that trap. God, help me not walk into that situation where I, I cannot bear it bigger than, than what your strength will, will give me power over it. When sometimes we pray, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. No, temptation's going to be here. But with the power of God inside of us, we can actually not be succumbed to it. We can have the strength to overcome it. We have the power over temptation. Second thing, we have the power over our fears. Fears are real. No matter what age or stage of life you're at. Fears of failing, fears of rejection, fears of loneliness, fears of the future, fears of not being good enough. Everyone experiences fear. And it can cause our mind to be bound in our emotions that end up ruling us and governing our interactions with people and the way that we view our life. But the encouragement out of God's scripture today is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. The same spirit that gives us access to God's power doesn't give us fears but it gives us power over the fears so that doesn't hold us back from the life that God wants us to live in him 
Hebrews 13 verse 6 says, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear because what can mere people do to me? Faith shifts our focus onto what's possible with God rather than fixing our emotions and thoughts on the fear that restricts and can govern our hope for the future and our present circumstances. We have the power over our fears. Number three, we have the power over our thoughts. These are just some ones I, I felt particularly strong about this point. And I'm not sure maybe as you sit here today how your thought life is going. What you think about yourself, what you think about your future. Sometimes we get so stuck in our mind, we convince ourselves of things that are not true about who we are and what we're going through. So powerful are our thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So you might have a thought coming in you, I'm terrible, I'm a bad parent, I look dumb, I don't have a future, I'm not worth it, I have no value, what's the point of life? But as we bring it up, to God's word and God's scripture and what he says about us, we have to take captive those thoughts. And if it's not obedient with what God says about us, we actually have to release them. Don't let them stick to us. Don't let them grab a hold of our mind and our thinking and our view and our perception of our life. Because when they do, they have power over how we think and how we live out our lives. We need to take captive it, grab a hold of it. And instead focus our mind as Philippians 4 verse 8 says about whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That would be the home base foundation of our thoughts. And when those things come in, we have a propeller to throw it back. No, I'm not letting that thought about who I am stick. About how much my value is and how much I'm loved. And how much people care about me. This is what God says about me. Last two things and then I'll wrap up. And maybe the keyboardist can come. That would be awesome. That would make me hurry up. Power. No, no, no. Sorry, I wasn't saying. It would help me hurry up. Oh, I did not mean it like that. It would help me to hurry up. <laughs> Number four, we have power over sin. We've all sinned. We're in good company. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're a bunch of sinners here this morning. But Romans 6 verse 6 to 7 says, We know that our sinful, our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. That is great news this morning. That the power of sin has no rule or no reign. It is not your master. Now you have Jesus as your master. Who paid the price, did everything that was necessary so that you could be free of the consequences of sin. So therefore... 
Death has no sting. Sin has no sting. One day we'll be set free and saved from the presence of sin. But whilst we live in the presence of sin, we actually have the power over it still. And the last one is we have power over the enemy. We can make the enemy sound so big, so tough, so strong. But he's nothing. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love that because it says resist. And he doesn't say and he'll think about it. He may, he'll, he'll decide if he wants to or not. No, he will. He will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. We have the power over the enemy when we access the power of the living God inside of us. And we have a life that is marked by a kingdom that is not just a matter of talk. It is that, but it's a matter of power for living every day that no matter what situation or circumstance you go through, that I pray that this week you would be reminded of the power of the living God that is inside of you and that you have to the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. And whatever circumstance you face, that you get reminded that your God is bigger, that your God is stronger, that if God is for you, what can be against you? So Ephesians 6 verse 10 says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. That is my prayer for us today. That we would be people who are strong in the Lord and strong in His mighty power. Strong in His mighty power. So I'd love to pray for you today. If you don't mind, if you just close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. God, I just thank you for every individual represented here today. God, whatever we're going through, whatever fear that might be holding us back, maybe temptation that's drawing us away from you, maybe lies that have attached itself to people, maybe sin that we're caught up in or fight that we feel like we're facing in the enemy. God, I pray that we would be reminded today that the power of God resides in us and that you are bigger and stronger than anything that we face, God. You rule and you reign, God. Nothing is too hard for you over that sickness, over that pain, over that suffering, over that hurt, over that shame, over that guilt, over that loneliness, over everything, Jesus. You rule and you reign today. And our faith and our confidence is in you alone. And I pray, God, that today we'll get a fresh understanding, a fresh conviction that the power of God is available to us and that we'll live our lives in such a way. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, just want to pray for one other group of people and the band can come. We're about to wrap up. Just want to pray for anyone who, who maybe you don't know Jesus or maybe you once did, but maybe you've walked away from him. And you say, Seth, I want this power, but I need to have a connection and a relationship with him. 
And I just want to give you an opportunity this morning that to say is if you want to acknowledge that you're not close to Jesus, ask for your sins to be forgiven and to have a brand new start in Him, then it would be my absolute honor to pray with you, us together, to see you start a collection and relationship with Him and to let Him truly be King of your life. So in a minute, we're going we're gonna, to... In fact, let's, let's pray together. And at the end of that prayer, I'm going to ask if you meant that from your heart and to lift your hands just so I know who it is and we can, we can pray for you and help you to live out this decision that you make today. That Jesus will, will be King and that He loves you and He's for you. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And so we're going to pray this prayer together. But if that's you, I want you to really mean it from your heart. Let's pray this all together. Say, Dear Jesus, tonight or this morning, I invite you into my life. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong, for doing life without you. But thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to know you personally. Be Lord and Savior of my life. Give me a hope and a future. Help me to be, never be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Just with eyes closed, if that's you, you say, yeah, I need to, maybe for the first time, or maybe you need to come back to Him. Just, if you can, just with a moment of privacy, just between you and God, would you just slip your hand up and say yes to Him? I see that hand. Thank you so much. Anybody else, say yes to Jesus. Dear God, I thank you. For people who lift up their hand, God, people who surrender their life to you today, I pray. Never be the same. Give them a new hope and future for what you want to do in their life. Bless the mighty God. We thank you in the mighty name we pray. Amen. Pastor Rob was going to come and just give you some instructions, but God bless you today, church. Pray that this word gets a hold of you and outwork it this week in your life.